הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שלכנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפה הקדושים אשר בארץ המה. ובבחן רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחמן, נובע מכוח חוכמה רבנו נחמן ופגם את שמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן אומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. ברוך השם, we start a new סעיף עם שיחות הר"ן. It's going to be a combination of two today, uh, conversations uh, 214 and 215, that speak about the subject of Rosh Hashanah. We know Rabbeinu says in Chaim Oran, Kol ha'inyan sheli hurak Rosh Hashanah. My entire essence, my entire mission here is only Rosh Hashanah. Rabbeinu said this about a couple things. Tfilah and Rosh Hashanah. And I forget, there might be one other. But nonetheless, Rabbeinu said my, my entire inyan, my entire subject, my entire vitality is Rosh Hashanah. Rabbeinu says, Ha-Rosh Hashanah sheli hurak gadol. My Rosh Hashanah is a very awesome novelty. והשם יתברך יודע שאין הדבר בירושה מאבותיי. He said in Chaim Oran, like this, that השם יתברך knows that this Rosh Hashanah, this עניין of Rosh Hashanah, was not given to me as an inheritance from my forefathers. It was not given to me because of זכות אבות. רק השם יתברך, only השם יתברך knows שנתן לי זאת במתנה, שאני יודע מהו Rosh Hashanah. That he gave it to me as a gift. God knows that, God knows that he gave it to me as a gift. Um, that I know what the essence of Rosh Hashanah is. This is something unique. We never heard of a tzaddik speak about the idea that a, that a chag, that a, a holiday or a day, a something this big, especially Rosh Hashanah, which the entire year follows through Rosh Hashanah. Everything is dependent on Rosh Hashanah. We never hear of such things, that a tzaddik says these words. So I, I recommend... Before we hop into it, because it's going to be a shorter podcast, um, we're just going to do these two short uh, conversations that speak about Rosh Hashanah and uh, some important principles. Um, but nonetheless, I do recommend going to Chaim Oran, uh, Rabbi Nachman's biography that Rabbi Nathan wrote, and, um, and uh, look over there and open up to the section of Rabbeinu's Rosh Hashanah, and you'll see some awesome things over there that give a person chizuk and uh, encourage a person to, um, to realize that Mamash Rosh Hashanah is in the hands of this tzaddik, Rabbi Nachman. So, Se'iv Cheshu Dalet. Shamati Bishmo Shemar, I heard in the Rebbe's name. Sh'adam sho'el le'atzadikim la'asot davar, sh'ish bo mesirat nefesh b'shir Hashem Yitbar, hu ra'ui lo le'ashib u'l'tzavot alav sh'lo la'asot. Rabbenu, Rabbi Nathan says in the name of Rabbenu. When a person, Rabbenu said like this once, when a person asks the tzaddik, or whether to do something that requires soul sacrifice for the sake of Hashem, or whether not to do it. The tzaddik, is fit, it's fitting for the tzaddik, the tzaddik, he actually has to respond and to command the person not to do it. We'll understand a little bit more about this um, in a minute. And nonetheless, the person asking the tzaddik does not need to fulfill the words of the tzaddik, does not need to agree to him. Did not need to agree with him and did not need to follow his words. Ken Shamati Bishmo Rabbeinu says, This is what I heard in his name. Meaning what? When you come to the tzaddik and you ask the tzaddik, Do I need to do this for the sake of Hashem? And it's something that requires soul sacrifice. The tzaddik cannot take away your free will. And therefore, because he cannot take away your free will, he cannot tell you to do it because then you're going to, uh, what do you call it? You're going to do it because of, um, what do you call it? The tzaddik doing it without your own volition. Aside from that, maybe an even deeper point, is that when you're asking the tzaddik, you already have implanted a doubt within it. 
And therefore, the tzaddik cannot force you to go against your will, which already shows that you don't want to do it because you wouldn't have asked the tzaddik unless you wanted to do it, in the unless you were ready to do it in the first place. If you were ready to do it, you wouldn't have asked the tzaddik. You would have just done it. So, um, this is something very unique um, that, of course, requires a little bit more depth and a little bit more study about this subject, but it has to do with the concept of free will and how the tzaddik does not get into that. He does not take away a person's free will. While also, um, um, this is by the fact that you're asking the tzaddik, it already shows that you've already had a safik about doing it or not. And therefore, um, the tzaddik cannot tell you to do it because he's going, uh, he's doing, he's telling you to do exactly, he's, tell, he, he's forcing you to do something against your ghatzor. And everything requires ratzon, um, everything requires bechera, free choice. You cannot take away your free will. And we'll, we'll I'll mention a little story about that. Rabbi Nathan adds, he said, I also heard with regard to another subject. Everything that tzaddik commands to do, you have to fulfill, Rabbi Nathan says. Everything. Everything under the sun. But if the tzaddik commands you not to come to him for Rosh Hashanah, this you do not need to listen. That's the only thing that you do not need to listen to the tzaddik for. If the tzaddik tells you not to come for Rosh Hashanah, then you can, you can disagree with him. You can say, no, I'm coming. There's a story about this. And before this, I'll just finish off with last time. On the eve of Rosh Hashanah, the day before Rosh Hashanah, it is fitting to give uh, it's fitting to give money for pidyon. It's fitting to to do a pidyon nefesh, to do a soul um, a redemption for the soul. You give uh, money to a tzaddik. Today you can give it to any of the students of Rabbi Nachman, uh, breast lovers who know the who know the uh, who know the uh, what's he called? How to read the pidyon? How to perform the pidyon? You really don't really know how to do it at all. Just the way it's performed is Rabbi Nachman had a handwriting, uh, a written manuscript of the pidyon, the redemption, the words to say. Um, when we're performing the pijona. Essentially, the pijona is a soul redemption. You're supposed to give money from, uh, as, as to charity. And that money that goes to charity then gets, uh, what do you call, acts as, a, um, acts as a sweetening for all the judgment. And the person who's accepting the charity is going to perform the, perform the pijona on you. Today, this happens with uh, um, people who want to give money for the books, to print out the books of Rabbi Nachman. So um, we do the pijona like this. But Rabbi, Rabbeinu has a, a holy manuscript that he wrote um, um, about the, uh, the pijon. We already talked about the pijon multiple times and how Rabbeinu knew the sod of the pijon and its source and how he's the only tzaddik who knew this inyan. But Rabbeinu says that any of my students can perform it um, in attaching uh, themselves to him. So we don't even perform the pijon. Essentially, we're just acting as a, as a shaliach, if we can even say, as a shaliach for Rabbeinu. It's really Rabbeinu who's performing the pijon. We're just doing it on his behalf. So you... You give money, you hold all your ten figures on the money, and then the other person who's accepting the pigeon, doing the pigeon for you, is putting all his ten figures on the opposite side of the money, and then he, he recites the pigeon. And he does it like this. So, back to the subject. Um, there was a story about Rabbi Aaron of Breslev, who was the, one of the main students of Rabenu. Rabenu loves very, very much. Rabenu gave him multiple blessings. One of his blessings was that Rabenu said that before... Um, this was before Rabbeinu went to Israel. He blessed Rabbi Aaron. He said, I give you the bracha that when you pass away, you'll be able to understand 
all my mundane conversations in this world, the way I understood them. So imagine what we're talking about here. Uh, Rabbi Avraham Nachman said about this, he said, I wish I had such a blessing. I wish I could understand one of Rabbeinu's conversations, one of his mundane conversations, his normal worldly conversations, the way he understood in this world, 10,000 years after the resurrection of the dead. That's what uh, Rabbi Avraham Rav Nachman said. So imagine what we're talking about here. So, Baruch Hashem, we... Um, we talk about Rabbi Aaron of Breslev. Rabbi Aaron of Breslev was the last Rosh Hashanah of Rabbeinu's life and Rabbi Aaron was supposed to come to Uman to spend Rosh Hashanah. It was already customary that Rabbeinu was telling all the students to come with him for Rosh Hashanah, to spend Rosh Hashanah with him. And of course, Rabbeinu said that uh, my Rosh Hashanah is above everything else. So he already made it, uh, he already said this. So uh, Rabbi Aaron was one of the main students of Rabbeinu was traveling the opposite direction. And when Rabbeinu saw this, he said, Oi, Rabbi Aaron, where are you going? He said, I need to go back to my community. I'm the Rav Breslev. There's an entire community there. And I need to go. So Rabbeinu said, okay, we're going to miss you very much, but go. So Rabbi Aaron said, okay, you know what? I'm going to stay. Rabbeinu responded saying, no, no, you cannot stay. You have to go. You have a big community. You have to go. So Rabbi Aaron walks away. And Rabbeinu says, oh, we're going to miss Rabbi Aaron. Rabbi Aaron starts walking back and saying, no, Rabbi, I'm going to stay here with you. If, you're, if you really want me to stay here, I'm going to stay. Rabbeinu said, no, you have to go. And it's happened multiple times, back and forth. Until Rabbi Aaron decided to go. Rabbi Nathan said about this, he said, he said, even if Rabbeinu told me not to go for Rosh Hashanah, I would still go. Because Rabbi Nathan understood the kavanah of Rabbeinu. Rabbeinu could not take away the free will of Rabbi Aaron. He could not tell Rabbi Aaron to do something that he already had decided it was 50-50 on. And therefore, Rabbi Aaron did not spend the last Rosh Hashanah of Rabbeinu, uh, with Rabbeinu. The uh, last Rosh Hashanah of Rabbeinu's life, he did not spend with Rabbeinu. And uh, Rabbi Aaron said he regretted this for the rest of his life. Um, it's pretty incredible. And the last seif for today, seif resh tet vav two fifteen. What did he say? Amar Rabenu said etzi aikaru rosh hashana. By me, with regard to me, the es the essential thing is rosh hashana. Vetechav kshecholev veavar veover rosh hashana. Sorry. And immediately when rosh hashana passes, when the when uh, the holiday is finished, ani mateosni veshomei imakin bakotel. I pay close attention. I listen very carefully if they are knocking on the wall. Waking people up for next year's Tichot. Rabbeinu was already looking forward to the next year Elul, next year Rosh Hashanah. Because Rabbeinu says there's no such thing as time at all. Time does not exist. Because as we see, the entire year passes like the blink of an eye. Rabbeinu teaches us in Nikute Moran that time is only really of importance to someone who has low dat. But someone who has tremendous consciousness, time becomes nothing. It becomes unimportant. The less time becomes important. And we see this with regard to sleep. Rabbeinu has a beautiful Torah. He discusses how when a person sleeps, time can pass by like in a second. Meaning you can go through 70 years of life in just like 10 seconds of your dream. And there's lots of ideas with regard to this and how it plays with the Koach HaMedameh, the strength of the imagination and, and your dad and all these things. So, Ma'uch Hashem, that's it for today. And God willing, we'll continue in the next subject of Sihot Aran, which has to do with f- avoiding philosophy and reinforcing yourself in Emunah B'zat Hashem.